Careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Welcome to Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. I'm Stu. Thanks for joining me as we continue to feature artists playing vinyl copies of their biggest hits and giving us the stories behind the song. Coming up, Kim Mitchell shed some light on what Go For Soda is really about. People still refer to this song about drinking and driving, and and that's awesome, but it's really not about that. First, Canadian hip-hop pioneer Maestro Fresh Wes reveals how Let Your Backbone Slide was inspired by Billy Squire's The Stroke. This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, I can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. So this track is called Let Your Backbone Slide. Love the record. Uh, one of my favorite songs I ever made. Um, this is actually a remix. The original joint was a different sample altogether. But um, I performed at Electric Circus back in like 89, man. and and. The rest is history. From that, we got a record deal. Shout out to Stevie B, LMR Records. We were just in the right place at the right time with the right joint. And we said, you know what, let's remix this. We have an opportunity right here to make something really, really special. So this joint to everyone here, this specific mix is actually a remix called a power mix, Electric Backbone Slide. Shout out to my producers, uh, Peter and Anthony Davis, the first, first defense. Um, I grew up li- from Scarborough, so I grew up listening to rock. You know, a lot of Scarborough, old school Scarborough heads were like little rockers, you know what I'm saying? So there's a track back in the days by a cat named Billy Squire called The Stroke. So when I heard Stroke, you know, I was like, he said, let your backbone slide. It just sounded real ill, like some real James Brown influence type-ish. So I just knew I'm going to make a song called Let Your Backbone Slide. And the music had to convey that that message, that, that energy, that funk. So when I heard the, the, the version of what Peter and Anthony did, I'm like, this is really, really dope. And then we had the opportunity to remix it. So we let, let, let Backbone slide some more, even more. So, so I'm glad people got with it. Um, I got a saying, don't make records, make history. Uh, anyone can make a record, but making history is when people check for you 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years later, and they invite you to uh, talk about your record. So um, that's kind of what I feel about the song. Um, that was the main, the main idea from that, the Billy Squire. Um, obviously some James Brown in there as well. This cover right here, my pops was the photographer. That's my DJ LTD. We shot this in, in my, my parents, you've been there. You shot this in my parents' crib. And uh, my dad just got a backdrop, put it in there. I think, I didn't think I owned a tuxedo at the time, so this is a rental from Tuxedo Royale, right? But, um, oh, I didn't ask for them to put the pink. I don't know why they chose to use that, but I was so excited the fact that I made my record, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't want no uh, adjustments. This is fresh. And um, basically that's all she wrote, man. Lyrically, I'm influenced by artists like Big Daddy Kane, uh, Public Enemy, uh, Rakim, Kooji Rap, you know. So back those, back in those days especially, you gotta make sure you say something lyrical, you know? Um, very aggressive at the same time. The first words I said was, uh, this is a throwdown. Um, I learned that from like Muhammad Ali when he, when he, when he fought uh, George Foreman to give him a punch in the face right away. And then when you look at Public Enemy records, the first thing Chuck D said in his records was something that was like, yes, bass. It was something that, that resonated like a punch in the face. So that's why I came with it. This is a throwdown um, just to get people listening. They knew something was about to happen sooner than later. And after uh, 20 years later, Backbones is still sliding. 
people still check for the joint. Um, I'm proud that it's the first Canadian hip hop single to ever go gold. Like, how cool is that? You know? Um, the album itself ended up going platinum, Symphony in Effect. And I'm one of the reasons why they uh, implemented a, a best rap recording of the year category, the Junos. So I'm very proud of that as well. But a lot of this came from just, um, you know, we just felt Toronto was was up and coming. And it's like, you got everything we do now, it's going to make a, make a real imprint. So big up to Mishy Me, LA Love, the Dream Warriors as well. That was a very special time for us coming up. And when you look at where Toronto is now and how we received from the world, it's a beautiful thing that, you know what? We started someplace too as well, you know? Just like New York City has their own. Uh, history in LA when it, when it comes to hip-hop Toronto we got our own thing to our foundation and this is one of the foundational songs right there so proud of it and backbones is still sliding in Maestro Fresh West there's Maestro Fresh West let your backbone slide on behind the vinyl I'm Stu Jeffries with the consummate gentleman Kim Mitchell in a few minutes before we get to Kim former lead singer of the headpins Darby Mills shares a memory of meeting an idol we know as the demon Don't make you feel like dancing. Um, 1980, I was in a band called Steelback, and one particular night in the same bar that this video was shot in two years later, uh, Brian McLeod and the rest of the guys came into the studio, into the, to, into the bar I was playing with, and pulled me aside and said, we'd like you to join the headpins. And, uh, I bit, and three months later, I was in the Headpins performing live six, seven days a week, and uh, it's it's been a complete show ever since. Thirty-six years later, uh, yeah, turn it loud changed uh, changed my life in so many ways. Uh, Brian Tuma, Too Loud McLeod, an incredibly talented artist in every sense of the word, drummer keyboard player, singer, producer, uh, sailor, yeah, or he had a boat where a lot of the songs were written for this album and uh, took me into the studio, him and Bill Henderson, and they taught me how to be a studio singer in the sense of uh, enunciating my words properly. And then out on the road, it taught me how to rock and roll. So. Um, yeah, definitely changed my life. And then there's the road stories. Um, 99% of them I can't repeat, even though I'd really like to, because there's some real fun ones. And then there's some, yeah, some that I that I just can't repeat. But uh, out on the road with, um, let me see, Kiss. And we're getting on, uh, getting ready to go. I met them at dinner. The, that night they didn't have their makeup on so it was really great I could think about bragging to all my high school buddies about having met Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley without their makeup on because they were all huge fans of KISS um, standing on the, on, on the stage ready for, uh, for the, the cue to go and a voice a voice way up here well hello it's like like, oh, oh my God, it's Gene Simmons. Like, oh, oh, this is so, uh, you know, what do you listen to? And all that could come to mind was Marshall Tucker. 
um, uh, which obviously struck a chord because about six months later, Helix was still on tour with them in Europe, and Gene came up to Brian Falmer and said, "It's that 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 chick's name that's in that Headpins band, yeah, Marshall Tucker, yeah." <laughs> anyway, that's a story that comes to mind. Uh, don't make it feel like dancing in the studio recording. Um, I remember sitting looking at I think it was ten Marshall stacks with about four or five mics, can't remember exactly. I just remember the whole back of Little Mountain Recording Studio filled with Marshall amps. And uh, that's how we, we tried to track one or two of the songs for the Turn It Loud album. Um, next thing I know, there's a bang, bang, bang on the back door. There were kids in the, in the alleyway always bugging us, so uh, Too Loud went over and kicked open the back door of the studio and it was a cop standing there uh, saying that it was just too loud. <laughs> That's Darby Mills from the Headpins on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu. Thanks for listening. Kim Mitchell, singer, songwriter, total gentleman. Kim had a huge hit in Canada with Go For Soda and since its release, everyone seems to have their own ideas about what the song is actually about. Kim helps clear up some of that confusion. I remember that lick just being something I was fooling around with. And, uh... And being at a party, and I was with the lyricist, and he, he used to write stuff down on matchboxes, and he, he showed me on a, on a napkin at this party, he goes, might as well go for soda. Nobody hurts, nobody cries, nobody drowns, nobody... And I said, wow, that's amazing, this, this is like, great, let's, let's write something. He goes, oh, I, I can do a million of these. And he just kept writing them and writing them. And I, I went home and I was just playing that lick because it was just something I would fool around with. And I, and I looked down and I could see, wow, the lyric, this, this lyric would fit with that. Might as well go for soda, nobody hurts. We had a lot of problems with the guitar recording this. Not many people know it, but it was at McClear Place uh, on Mutual Street in Toronto. And the CBC towers were really close, so there was a lot of noise and RF, so the guitar's like So I had to use that sound on the Stratocaster, which is an out-of-phase sound, which canceled that hum. But as soon as I went to another pickup, it would be like and I couldn't use it, so, so we just used it for that that thing and then the other guitar coming in was was a, a quieter guitar and then the whole mothers against drunk driving people still refer to this song about drinking and driving and and that's awesome uh, mad picked it up in the states it was their theme song for a little while but it was you don't <laughs> You have a record company saying, yeah, just roll with it. It's really not about that. It's about two people in a conflict. Uh, might as well go. From, so you're in one of your blue moods. You want to have it your way, and I want it mine. All this debating going around makes me thirsty for love. It's, it's just about, we're fighting, we're fighting. It's just, let's forget it and get back into love. This was an 80s thing. Shot through the heart, in your two blame, right? <laughs> I don't know what this is. There's so many songs that do that. They do the breakdown like. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> but 
The fun tune. Peter Fredette. Great singer from Ottawa. Take it, Peter. See, Peter and I have a deal. I yell and he sings. That's the deal. And Paul DeLong on drums. This is a nice, uh, nice solo band. I stole Paul and the bass player Robert Sinclair Wilson from a guy named Dominic Troiano, who isn't with us anymore, but I went to see him and went. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal these two guys. <laughs> Kim Mitchell, go for soda on Behind the Vinyl. And that's going to do it for this episode, but we got plenty more to bring you and some great past episodes to check out as well. I'm Stu Jeffries. See you next time on Behind the Vinyl. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast, hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening. <laughs>